0: It goes kind of like this. Prepare, 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 prepare. Holiday done. Right? Isn't that the way we do it? Think about Christmas. Prepare, 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 prepare. Christmas day done. And then we want to move on to something else, right? Now Christmas has a 12-day season. It's supposed to be 12 days of Christmas between December 25th and January 6th when we celebrate Epiphany. Likewise... At least in the church, Easter is not just a day, it is a season. And we call it Tide. I like that word. It's not a word we use a lot. Eastertide its a season. Today is the second Sunday of Eastertide. So it is definitely true that last Monday, the day after Easter, everything Easter was 75% off at one's house. Done. But in the church we say that we actually are continuing to celebrate this incredible gift of new life, new hope, new joy of Easter for several more weeks. And so we've intentionally left up all of our Easter decorations, and this season carries us all the way through till mid-May when we celebrate Pentecost. So happy Easter! Happy Easter. And during this season, we are celebrating, or we're sharing in a worship series called The Faith of Leap. During this season, and by the way, this, us, this series is drawing inspiration in part from this book by the same title, The Faith of the Week*, uh, subtitled Embracing a Theology of Risk, Adventure, and Courage, written by two pastors from Australia, uh, Michael Frost and Alan Hirsch. And we're thankful for, to Ben Joshua Davis who kind of put us onto this, onto this book. Uh, and we're looking forward to this series in which we're going to think together about what it means to move beyond what's familiar and comfortable, beyond the status quo, as individuals, but especially as a community, to embrace adventure, to live in hope, to take risks, and to move beyond security and control, which is really just an illusion, right? There really is no such thing as security or control, but we want to grasp what we think we have that is secure and what we think we can control. To move beyond that, And to put our hope and trust in the God of Easter. The God who calls us and then sends us out on a mission. So a little survey. I did this very briefly last week, but I want to do it again. A little survey. And you have two choices here. Uh, Thrive on risk and adventure, risk averse. Okay? And I know that it depends on the situation, but if if you had to choose one of those... How many of you would say that you thrive on adventure, you maybe even think of yourself as a risk-taker, you're bold, and you really look forward to new, new things? Raise your hand. Okay? Kind of. okay. Some, some half-hearted yeses, that's okay. And then how many of you, and there's no shame in this at all, no, no judgment, uh, how many of you would say, you are more risk-averse. You like what's familiar and comfortable, and if it's familiar and comfortable, you just as soon sort of stay there and hunker down. How many of you will put yourself in that? Okay? No judgment. Just a fact. Now, at the 9 o'clock service, there was a lot of pushback, and I appreciate it because it really does depend on the situation. Like, bungee jumping is one thing, and then there's sort of like taking a new job. Those are totally different. And we would approach those adventures differently. It also depends on the moment. There are times in life, I know for myself, when I feel like ready to take on the new thing, ready to take a risk, and other times when I kind of like, I've had enough of that for a while. Just like a little familiar and comfortable, a little status quo, right? I see some heads nodding. So it does depend on the situation, and it depends on the moment where we are in life. So those of you who can think of times when familiar and comfortable was appealing, I want to invite you to think about this question are there times in life when you can imagine when you chose what was secure and comfortable and looking back on it, you can see how you maybe missed an opportunity because you chose familiar and comfortable and secure. You missed an opportunity or maybe you even missed an opportunity to answer a call that God had for you. Anyone think, think that that would be true? Yeah, I mean, it's true, right? Right? And it's okay. There's no judgment in that. Because new opportunities will come up. And God doesn't stop calling just because we say no thank you to this one. It's just part of it that sometimes when we choose familiar and comfortable and secure and stable, sometimes we miss opportunities that come because of that. So here's one thing that I know. Even those of us who are most adventurous... Even those of us who welcome risk and are energized by new opportunities. All of us at times are uncomfortable about risk. And why is that? Why are we uncomfortable of risk? And we Fail. fail. That's what I was looking for. It's true, right? And you're exactly right. Our society is not terribly forgiving about taking risks and failing. And so one of the top failures that people live with, or the fear of failure that people live with, no, let me say it again. One of the top fears that people live with is the fear of failure. Absolutely true. And so during this series, one of the things we're going to talk about is failure. Failure is neither positive nor negative. Failure is not a good thing or a bad thing, it's just a thing. It's just a thing. And there are some positive things that can come from failure, such as new learning, growth. What else? Hum- humbleness, humility can come from failure. New opportunities can come from failure. Community, you have community you didn't know you had. So they're, they're, they're probably, we're going to spend some time in this series talking about failure as well. When, whenever we talk about risk, we have to get to a place where we can feel comfortable also talking about failure. So here's one thing I know. Yeah. <laughs> Even Amelia knows this. She knows it. True? Now, I might say it a little bit differently. I might replace where the magic happens with a different phrase like um, where faithfulness is or where God shows up or where God's spirit is most powerfully at work. I might even say where the miracles happen. Because sometimes when we just go out on a limb and we dive into the deep end and we're not sure if we're going to sink or we're going to swim, God shows up in a really powerful way to catch us, and some pretty amazing things can happen from that, sometimes. So I like this graphic a lot. In the book of Genesis, at the very beginning of the Bible, what we call the Old Testament, also called the Hebrew Bible, it's the the sacred text of our Jewish brothers and sisters, right at the very beginning. See where I am in this Bible? Like, almost page one. We read a story about a couple whom God calls and sends out on adventure to take a risk. This is a story that is absolutely at the foundation of our faith. It takes us back about 4,000 years. So right now, we're about 2,000 years after Jesus. This story that we're going to read today is 2,000 years before Jesus. Jesus is right in the middle of this trajectory. And it's a story of Abraham and Sarah, who at the time were not named Abraham and Sarah, actually. They were Abram and Sarai. There's a story that comes later on where God actually changes their names because they have been so faithful. The new name is a kind of a a symbol of God's gratitude for their faithfulness. So listen to these words, the story of Abram and Sarai, 4,000 years ago, where God calls these two individuals to a new adventure. To be faithful. The Lord said to Abram, Leave your land, your family, and your father's household for the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and will bless you. I will make your name respected and you will be a blessing. So I just want to stop there for a second. God says, I'm going to bless you and you will be a blessing. You see how that works? Blessed to be a blessing. Blessed by God to be a blessing to God's people in the world. God says, I will bless those who bless you. Those who curse you, I will curse. All the families of the earth will be blessed because of you. And so Abram left, just as the Lord told him. And Lot went with him. And it doesn't even mention Sarai, but she went too. Okay, Sarai gets kind of the short shrift here in this story. She doesn't get the credit she deserves, because they were married. They They did this together. So I'm just going to amend this and say, Abram and Sarai left, just as the Lord told them, and Lot went with them. Now, miss this part. Now, Abram was 75 years old when he left. Anyone here want to admit that you're 75? Anybody in the room 75? Or close to it? So what if God said, yeah, you know how you're, like, retired, and you're enjoying life, and everything's going well? I think it's time to start over. Stop, stop, stop right there, right, God? Been there, done that, no thank you. <laughs> if Trump gets elected. We'll reconsider that. So Abram, now Abram was 75 years old when he left Carolina. Abram took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all of their possessions, and those who became members of their household in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. Now this is the beginning of a very long story. It gets better, because when they're 99 and 100 years old, then God says, okay, you know how I, I wanted you to start over there like 20 years ago? Guess what? Now I know you haven't had any children this ever in your life, but now you're going to be parents. Talk about a adventure, right? Stop right there, God. Risk and adventure, the faith of lead. Amazingly, God does just what God uh, Abram and Sarah do. Just what God has requested, they leave their home with their nephew Lot and all of their possessions. I'm sure it was a very large U all, do you think? And they set out with no idea in the world where God was sending them. Just ponder that for a second. Now this week when I was reflecting on this story and thinking about this experience of Abram and Sarah, one thing that really struck me is that for many of us in the room today, this feels like a hypothetical thing. But for some of us in the room, <clears throat> this is not hypothetical at all. This is actually what all of our immigrant sisters and brothers were here today have done. Maybe not for the same reason. It wasn't about let's embrace adventure. It was about there's no other choice. And so we have to leave where we are, we have to leave what's familiar and comfortable, and we have to set out for another place. And when I began to think about that this week, as I do often, I felt such tremendous respect and honor for how difficult that is to leave everything that's familiar behind and to set out on a journey trusting God, trusting God because that's all you can do, putting your hope and trust in the God of Easter and setting out on the journey. I just needed to say that, because this is not just a story of something that happened 4,000 years ago, and it's not hypothetical. For some of us, it's very real. So this leap of faith that Abram and Sarai take is a foundational story to our faith. The authors of this book say this. Think of it this way. Abram's somewhat unbalanced act put him, as well as his rather large hustle, at serious risk. At the very least, it dislocated him them from their land, severed them from the familiar comfort of kith and kin, and resulted in a dangerous, lifelong journey that involved what can only be called open-ended adventure and discovery. Anybody feel called to open-ended adventure and discovery? Most of us don't. It was a truly existential act. It was a leap of faith, to be sure, but it also led to a life of faithfulness that has set the parameters of how we, as God's people, ought to understand what it is to live a life pleasing to God. There's something about this experience of being willing to take the leap of faith, to claim the faith of leap, to put your hope and trust in God and be willing to go where God is sending you. Even though that might involve risk. Because when we put our hope and trust in God and we set out, we don't always know where we're going. In fact, this story of Abraham and Sarah is recounted in the New Testament in the book of of Hebrews, where the author of Hebrews is recounting lots of different heroes of faith and, and the things that they've accomplished by faith. And in that book, we read, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out not knowing where he was going. Do you ever set out not knowing where you're going? Not very often, right? Most of the time we know where we're We have at least some sense of where we're going. The Bible is full of stories of people who have the faith of leap, People willing to dive into the deep end because God has called them there and they aren't always sure if they're going to sink or swim. I mean, just name a few people that come to mind when you think about stories of the Bible where where people were called to take a leap of faith. Just just name a few. Exodus. The whole Exodus. Moses, right? Mary. Who? Mary. Mary. We spent a lot of time reflecting on that this past Advent. That leap of faith when Mary said yes. No more. David, Paul, Noah, Esther, Jonah, and on and on and on and on and on, right? I mean, almost every story that we read in the Bible is a story that involves risk. And someone has been been called by God to do something that they probably did not really want to do. And yet they said yes. So there's something about this that is fundamental to our faith. That we worship a God who calls us and sends us. But God doesn't just call us and sends us. God also equips us. Okay? So many, many years ago, when I was first discerning a call to ministry, and I was really scared of it. I, I, I was really scared. It, it felt like I didn't know anyone else my age that was called to ministry. and It was weird. And I didn't think I wanted to do it. But I was feeling like it wouldn't go away. And so I spent some time really wrestling with that. And someone said to me, these words that I've held on to all these years that have become kind of a mantra for me. This is what this person said. The will of God will never lead you where the grace of God cannot keep you. The will of God will never lead you where the grace of God cannot keep you. You see how that works? If God calls you to something, God is going to give you all the strength that you need to be able to be faithful in saying yes to it. And that has given me so much peace and strength through my life as I've considered different risks that God has called me to take. So I just want to say, this is not just about risk for the sake of taking risks. This is not about risky behavior. Teenagers, I'm not saying, take on risky behavior. Don't tell your parents, Alan said, take risks. So we're going to insert whatever risky, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. This is about taking risks for the sake of doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with God. This is about taking risks to love God more fully with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. This is about taking risks for the sake of doing God's work in the world. So I've been thinking about how important it is to tell stories about times when we have taken risks, whether that led to success, or it led to failure. It doesn't matter. Okay, Those categories are actually artificial. Success and failure. That, that's not what I'm talking about. Mother Teresa always said, God does not call us to be successful. God calls us to be faithful. There's a big difference. God does not call us to be successful. God calls us to be faithful. So I've been thinking about how important it is to tell stories about this. And I've been thinking actually about this community and the ways this community has been taking risks. Some of you have been a part of it for a long time, and some of you are just connecting into it. But here's a few of the risks that come to mind. So, ten years ago, a group of faithful people took a risk when they decided that this building on Chestnut Street was no longer serving the purposes of God's work in the world. And it was an albatross around the neck, and it was not sustainable. And so they made the bold decision to sell this 1857 building cathedral and set out on a journey. Now, what would have been the easy thing to do 10 years ago? Give up. Give up. Done, right? Done. And just let the current nation die. And that's what happens in a lot of places. That's okay. There's a time for that, too. But instead, this group of faithful folks, they call themselves the faithful remnant did the risky thing, the bold thing. They set out on a journey. And just to draw a connection to Abraham and Sarah, most of them were more than 75 years old. <laughs> most of them were. Just a handful. Fifteen people. And what, what is happening today, all of what's happening through Hope Way and Hope Acts draws its inspiration and its roots from this. Okay, that was a risk.
1: Another risk came
0: about 18 months later when Sarah and I were appointed here. And that was another risk for us doing something. We had no idea where this was going, whether this was going to be successful or not. The chances were actually better that it would fail than that it would succeed. We all kind of thought it might. And I had quite a bit of fear about failure. I had more fear of failure than Sarah did. I'll just confess that. but it took a lot of trust. It took trust on the congregation too to try this crazy new thing. welcomed these two young crazy pastors and probably were going to shake things up a little bit. Eighteen months after that, we took another risk when we bought this property on High Street. Moved into a new neighborhood and opened ourselves to the ministry that could happen in that place. And that was a risk. Still is kind of a risk. It was just about... Seven years ago, this, this month, that we began worshiping in that site, March of 2009. We bought it in fall of 2008, and we began our ministry there in March in March of 2009. So we're celebrating seven years since then. This week, we are celebrating the sixth anniversary of our community meals, which is one of our most significant ministries. It was our only significant ministry at the time in that site. Six years, I think it's April 9th, is the six year birthday of our community meals. So we said, what if we just opened our space and partner with this nonprofit, Wayside, and serve lunch every Tuesday and dinner every Thursday? You know what's happened? 39,000 meals. 39,000 meals in that site because we were willing to take. Last month, we had our fifth annual meeting of Hope Act, which means four years of Hope Acts. Another risk say, what if we formed a nonprofit alongside the faith community, to help nurture hospitality and hope and healing in the lives of some of our immigrant friends and our friends in recovery from addiction? And that's another risk. Then along came this. Sure, let's just take on a transitional housing program. That shouldn't be hard, right? And it's amazing what's happened since then. At the same time, we did this. Let's just add another site on Forest Avenue. So we have one downtown and one here. We didn't have a lot of choice. We were running out of room. It was another risk. Every one of these steps that we've taken over the past... Ten years has required risk, the faith of leap. The faith to say yes to God and to put our hope and trust in the God of Minister. And to set out on a journey without knowing exactly where we we're going. Now, for every one of these things that I just told you about that you might say were successful, the jury's still out, but there were about a thousand failures. Things that we tried that just crashed and burned. For every one of them, there were like a thousand things that did not stick. And that's good. That's how it works. That's what's required. Because not everything is going to, quote, succeed. Research and development requires a lot of failures for every success. But God doesn't call us to be successful. God calls us to be faithful. Exactly. So, again... Where the miracles happen, where God shows up, is always what pushes us out of our comfort zone. Last week, if you were here, oh yeah, and then there's this. This is pretty much the story of the whole thing. Right here. But the truth is, what happened is usually far better, and prettier, far better than anything we could have planned. That's the nature of it. So last week, if you were here for um, Easter worship, you probably got one of these. If you weren't, you're in luck because there's still some left. Inside the eggs, a slip of paper. And on the slip of paper, a challenge. Something maybe to push you slightly out of your comfort zone. So I'm wondering, did anybody get a challenge in your egg? that felt a bit like a risk. Yeah? Anybody want to share something that you got that felt like a risk? Nobody, nobody? Has anybody started your straight strength challenges yet? Yes? Anybody feel like it's been a little risky? Maybe? Anybody have a story you want to share about your straight strength challenge? Nope. Quiet Okay. So who didn't get an egg last week? Alright, so here's the... I'm going to pass these around. And I would encourage you to shake them. Because... Whoa. Yeah. Because about half of them have chocolate in them and the rest don't. We ran out of chocolate, but we didn't run out of challenges. So, you want a noisy one. Because a lot of them just have paper in them. Anyway, I'll pass them around. If you didn't get an egg last week, Grab one. And get started. And I hope then your Easter egg challenge will push you slightly out of your comfort zone. So, the risk, the the faith of leap. This week, Chris is actually taking a leap of faith. What are you doing, Chris? I'm going to be traveling to Guatemala um, on Saturday. And And what will you be doing? Some remote I'm going, villages. Yes, yeah, remote yeah. villages. I'm going with a you know, team of other like-minded folks, and, um, and I know I, I really do not know what to Does it feel a little bit like a risk? Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Would any of us feel like a, a little bit of a risk doing that? Yeah. Setting out on a journey, not really knowing what to expect or what's going to happen. But I am positive of one thing, and that is that God will show up this week, while Chris is next week, while Chris is on mission. So, in a few moments, we're going to invite Chris to come up actually and commission him or pray with him and send him off with God's blessings to be a servant of God on our behalf. Actually, we'll be connected to him as he continues that work. And that is the faith of Luke. So that's, that's a, a great example of what it takes. Another adventure that we're about to set on, some of you know that very soon, this month, We're starting a new adventure with Ben Yashua Davis who's going to be coming on as a part-time staff person with Hope Hope Gateway as our site pastor for our 185 High Street site. Now, you know, when we added this space two and a half years ago, initially we had worship there at 9 o'clock and here at 11 o'clock, and then we moved both worship gatherings here. There's all kinds of things happening at that site during the week. But there's not a worshiping community there at the moment. So Ben is going to begin to put together a team It is going to be very intentional about formation, forming as a team and spiritual formation, and then uh, extending our ministry in Parkside neighborhood, eventually leading, probably in the fall, to a new worship gathering housed at our 185 High Street site. It's likely to be on a Sunday evening or a weeknight evening, probably including dinner around the tables and a different kind of, a different style of worship. That's an adventure, that's a risk that we're taking as a community. And maybe God is calling you to be a part of that team to help launch that new ministry initiative. We're not, at this point, we're not looking for people that kind of float in and float out, float in and float out. We're looking for people willing to really dive in and take a leap and commit themselves that this would be their primary connection to Hope Gateway, their primary way of serving God for for at least a year to help get that going. So I want to invite you to think about that and pray about that. And if you're, if you're feeling God nudging you to be a part of that, I invite you to chat with Ben. Uh, and all of us, I want to invite us to be praying about this new way that God is calling us to be in ministry. Whenever we take a leap of faith, we're not sure exactly where we'll go. Well, here's, here's what the authors say about failure. A great deal more failure is the result of an excess of caution than a bold experimentation of new ideas. The frontiers of the kingdom of God were never advanced by men and women of caution. Can we fail by being too cautious? Absolutely. We are just as likely to fail by being too cautious as we are at being too bold. Right? I think that's important. So let me just really quickly tell you kind of the sweep of the series, where we're going in the coming weeks, and then we'll end. During this series, we're going to explore our addiction to security and think about what it means to give up our security or our our illusion of security and move into a posture of risk-taking. We're going to uh, celebrate some of the heroes from the past, examples of stories from the Bible, Um, The martyrs, the civil rights movement, the early Methodists, people who have paved the way and given us an example of what it means to have risk-taking faith. We're going to consider how going on an adventure with God can actually deepen our sense of community. And we're going to talk more about failure. What does it mean when we take a risk and fail? And how is God actually present to us in and through the experience of failure? Remember, God doesn't call us to be successful. God calls us to be faithful. And throughout the series, we're going to invite you actually to to take some risk and to embrace adventure. This is not just talking about it, but actually inviting you into it. So two things that we're also going to do. We're hoping that each week during this series we can show a very brief video of someone from the Hope Gateway community talking a little bit about risk. Telling a very brief story, a minute, a minute and a half at the most, and we're talking about filming on an iPhone, Not, nothing fancy. Talking about an experience, a story of taking a risk, whether that led to, quote, success or failure, doesn't matter. Just reflecting on it. So if you have a story that you'd like to tell, talk to Sarah or me or Ben, and we'd love to just capture that on our phones and be able to share it in the coming weeks. We're also going to be setting up what we're calling spiritual adventures. So some opportunities over the next six weeks to come together with a group of other folks to try some new thing that might feel like a little bit of a risk together as a community. So you can stay tuned, we're gonna be sharing more about that next Sunday. Abram and Sarai heard the call of God and set out on an adventure. For countless generations, people of faith have followed their example. Remember, the will of God will never lead you where the grace of God cannot keep you. So let's continue to be a community that's willing to move beyond what's familiar and comfortable, beyond the status quo as individuals, but especially as a community, a community embracing adventure, living in hope, taking risks, And moving beyond what's secure and comfortable and familiar. As we put our hope and trust in the God of Easter. The God who calls us and equips us and sends us out on a mission. Amen.